Welcome into the Harvest Friends. I am Abigail and I'm here today with my good friends, Andrew and Lakeith. And we are going to be talking about desert seasons as disciples and how to maybe rekindle that flame and get back out of the desert. So we're going to be talking about that today and it's going to be good. But before we get started, if you are new to our channel, we just want you to know that we are here to bring you the tools and tricks that you need to be a disciple and make disciples in this crazy 21st century that we live in. So go ahead and like click on the little bell or click on subscribe if you're on a on a podcast. That way you won't miss any of the good stuff. Let's get started because this really is uh, a good topic for 2020, I think. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Any deserts this year? <laughs> <laughs> there have been some ups and downs, for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, Actually, good. We were talking, uh, Keith and I were talking maybe a week or so back, and um, we were talking about discipleship in general and what what some of the folks are going through that we're meeting with and investing in. And this was a topic that is relevant for us in like the real world of disciple making. So uh, we thought, hey, it might be good to talk about it on the show because there's good chance that other people are going through deserts or trying yeah. up others. Exactly. Out of the 20 things that happened in 2020, one of them has affected us all and got us down. So somewhere in there, we know you've been affected and we want to talk to you today. So. Absolutely. And really, this is not new to 2020 by any stretch. Um, I think believers have been going through desert seasons since the very beginning. And we can see that in the Bible, which is great. I am always so encouraged, honestly, when I'm reading through and I get to someone who is literally going through a desert season, slash if you're in Genesis, then you know those Israelites they like were literally in a desert. Um, but as we continue, we have seen so many great examples. And I think that's encouraging to us. And so on that note, we want to also be encouraging to you and share some of our experiences, some of the like desert places we found ourselves in. And then hopefully we'll wrap it up by hopefully giving you some good tips to help you get out of them, like fingers crossed. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, maybe we can just share some of our own personal stories starting off. Yeah, for sure. I don't mind. I don't mind going first. Um, I think I'm the by far the oldest person on the show. And so yeah, you're super uh, old. I, I would say that desert experiences are things that I've, I've seen happen in my own life <clears throat> just in, um, in general, like they don't even have to have a specific cause. It's just, you'll find yourself going through a period of time where you're just not motivated to share your faith. You're not really motivated to read the Bible. You're not motivated to pray. You're struggling in all of those ways with that, that inner uh, motivation, that, that sense of, of fire and passion. And, and sometimes I, I try to think back like, well, what's, why is this happening? Like, what, what's the cause of this? And it's really hard sometimes to even identify why it is. I think maybe it's just a normal part of the process of living life over time is that you're going to have um, stretches where you're motivated and everything seems to be coming naturally. And then there, there's other experiences where you just lack that, that uh, inner motivation to seek the Lord in ways that maybe you have in the past. And, 
So I wanted to share that. I know it's not a specific experience, but I want to share it because I think that other people might identify that that it may not even be like a, an obvious cause because then you could just fix the cause maybe. Sometimes uh, there's not an obvious cause and you're just uh, less motivated or less inspired than you have been in the past. But what do you think, Keith? Do you have any like specific examples from your own life? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Andrew. I think um, the big thing for me was carrying baggage from my time uh, as a non-Christian, as a non-believer into being a Christian and being called to a life of holiness, a life above reproach. And uh, yeah, how do you not carry bags? And, and it's I would say it's almost impossible, but I think God is committed to reconciling that and helping heal and transform our minds. But that process can be slow. So I think some of my worst uh, desert times specifically have come from baggage from my past and habits that I formed before I ever thought about who Jesus was and why I should live with him. And uh, yeah, those things like to rear their head and they come out all bad. So um, I think the desert seasons for me were when I was like, man, how do you live this new life? When you still remember all of the old in the life, like when you still have boats, we talked about uh, burning the ships, when you still have ships that can sail easily back to the old past. And, uh, you know, you can be right there. Uh, how do you do that? But thankfully, God was faithful each time. And if you trust him, and as I walked with him through it, he carried me through those seasons. So uh, it is tough to know that you will grow through them. They're inevitable. Whether you've been a Christian your whole life or you just started this new journey, uh, there are going to be moments where it's very hard and difficult and dry. You can almost seem depressed and it seems uh, mm. like it's impossible as a Christian, but it's true. So uh, I would just, mm. what I had to do was really lean in on God in those times. So, mm. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, I mean, Andrew, you were like, it's, sometimes there's not even a reason, but if, cause if there was a reason you could just fix the reason and that is true, but then sometimes there's a reason and you can't fix it. Like it's out of your control. And so I think, you know, it's, if you're in a season where things have just, all the things have aligned, I just keep using the word things. You guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Listening, you just fill in the blank with your own personal things. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, we can often be at the mercy of our circumstance of a really difficult trial period. And sometimes the Lord just really shows up strong during that. And we're like encouraged and he helps us through the trial. And then sometimes it is rough and we are still not hearing a thing. And it just feels like we're just truly alone. Um, and I, I've definitely been in that uh, position myself. I mean, we've definitely gone through some rough, uh, hard seasons. Um, and I feel like I've been walking through some of those with some friends recently as well. And those can just be incredibly debilitating if you're if you're not prepared that they're going to happen in our lives. And they will. And the older I get, the more I'm like, this is going to happen to all of us. Like, I don't think any of us are going to avoid it. Another type of desert season that I can think of personally um, has been in ministry. Um, we have had seasons, particularly when we first moved uh, to San Antonio, um, where we were kind of like stepping out on our own in a lot of ways that, I mean, it felt like a desert ministry speaking wise. Like people could ask us what was going on and there would be just crickets like, well, literally crickets are going on. That's what's happening. Like we couldn't get a person to be with us. Um, and so that can be hard too. You that can be very discouraging. You feel like you're doing all the right things and just not a soul will meet with you. No one's coming to Christ and you're just, it's kind of a, its own sort of desert. So, um, 
that's another example. I feel like we could spend all day talking about various examples of deserts, but we think you get the idea. So we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. The, the bottom line really is we all find ourselves in moments where we're, we don't feel close to God and we may even yeah. lack the motivation to try to draw near to God. And yet at our core, we have faith in him. It, our faith hasn't changed. It's just a question of, of that feeling of closeness and that desire can sometimes be running on empty. And that's, that's really what um, we want to talk about today is, you know, what are some ways that we've discovered over the years to either shorten the, the period of time when you're in that desert season or um, try to climb out of it if you do find yourself in that place. Yeah. So let's maybe get into that. I feel like, um, and I hope you are encouraged listening. I hope you are encouraged knowing that you're not alone and that we all go through this. So now let's encourage you even more (laughs) by hopefully helping you (laughs) get out of there. So, um, we're going to, we really like, we dug deep on this one. Um, we've got some things that we think are helpful in getting us out of those desert places. So let's kind of get into that now. Who wants to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I think, uh, and you were kind of getting into the how-to, Abby, on like, uh, maybe, on, yeah, okay. I think the biggest thing, uh, you brought it up early, um, earlier, Abby and Andrew, about asking about the why, like, why am I here? Why am I in this season? Like, why would a good God, which God is, mm-hmm. allow me to get this far into it? And um, yeah, if you got the heart that can take it, I would say that's literally the wrong question. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't focus too much time on the why. I think of Jesus when he was uh, this close to being, you know, stoned and crucified by the religious leaders of his day. Uh, he asked his disciples, like, what should I say? Like, Father, save me from this hour. But he said, no, for, for this purpose, I have come to this hour, you know. So um, I, I would I would step into it and, uh, yeah, be OK with wrestling with God, you know, be OK with wrestling with the desert and uh, not just being very passive in that season, because God's going to teach you a lot through it. Uh, so I think a big how is how to get out is just not even focusing on why am I here? But OK, God, now you got me here. Like Abby and Andrew said, I knew it was coming at some point. Something was going to happen. You know, the the roof was going to come in. But now what? And um, I think as you walk with people through those seasons also, uh, you gain a closeness that with that person that nobody else could. You know, like when when someone walks with you through through tragedy or through the desert or through hard times, uh, the heart you have for that person is just it's very rich and very deep. So. Uh, there, there are good things that can come out of it. Um, so I would say lean on God, but then also as God put people in your life during those seasons to help you walk through it, uh, walk with them through it. And then as you find people who are going through it, walk with them through it because, uh, the closeness and, uh, the relationship that you can gain from that is nothing can compare to it, at, at least in my experience. <laughs> I'm reading Job right now. And, oh, uh, obviously <laughs> I don't even to say that was a desert season, but the poor guy was something different a tough yep. stretch and he yeah. did not feel connected to god he felt like god was hiding himself and yeah. he, he felt like you know he was asking that question you know god why are you letting this happen yep. and of course he had some friends who were helping oh. him walk through it so sometimes you have sometimes you don't be friends like that miserable um, miserable comforters miserable comforters all of you are <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's sort of like I'm reading a lot of their advice. It, it's a lot of it's like really good advice. Yeah, it's just the yeah. right advice at the yeah. right time. So um, mm-hmm. hopefully you can 
experience, better comforters <laughs> to help you through the desert season than, than Job had. Mm. Um, one that I was thinking of as, as we were preparing for this week's show was routine and how routine is the friend of consistency. And sometimes we can we can sort of almost look down on routine like, well, you should you should just be inspired. So I, I don't know how many times people have told me that, hey, I'm, I don't read the Bible every day because if I don't feel like reading the Bible, then I really shouldn't do it because it's not coming from the right place. Um, and routine is sort of the opposite of that. Routine is, hey, the Lord has has called on me to draw near to him regardless of how I feel. Therefore, I'm going to, to do that. I'm going to act on that. And I would say um, investing in those routines and mm-hmm. building those, those systems of drawing near to God and then being outward with our faith can really help carry us through difficult times. In fact, you know, you think of 2020, and of course we've joked about this a few times now, but we started the year on this show <laughs> with a series called Building a Better Year. Building a Better Year. We're sorry, friends. Uh, I don't know if it's our fault. 2020 has played out how it has. Um, it was not our most prophetic moment. <laughs> you know, this was in January, but, you know, we talked about things like setting goals and cultivating high impact habits and developing a weekly rhythm. And I, I actually would want to say, like, 2020 is all the more reason to have those, especially like the, mm-hmm. the weekly rhythm, because the more mm-hmm. uncertain your external environment is, the the more grateful you can be that you've got this routine mm-hmm. that is consistent um, and it helps you kind of carry on and persevere through difficult times. I think Jesus had these routines. He had, um, the Bible describes them as, as his custom. And so in uh, Luke 5, 16, it says that Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. That was something that his disciples could remember about Jesus's routine. His, his custom was to often withdraw. And then in Mark chapter 10, verse 1, it says that the, the crowd gathered around Jesus while he was near the sea, and he sat down and began to teach them, as was his custom. Hmm. It's kind of cool that Mark included that little phrase there at the end, that this wasn't a one-off. This wasn't something unusual. Mm-hmm. Jesus, on a very regular basis, would teach the people. And... Um, and so you see both in terms of Jesus drawing close to God and being outward with his faith, that these were customs, these were routines that Jesus had, um, regardless of how he might have been feeling on a given day. I read that passage out of Luke today, man. That was what stood out to me. So that's cool. Hey, friends, thanks for watching the show. I wanted to take a quick moment to say if you're someone who's looking for insights, ideas, and inspiration that will fuel your faith for the 21st century, then make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter, Harvest Highlights. It's free and it's loaded with resources that will help you be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places. So make sure you check it out. There's a link in the description of this video. Back to the show. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. It must be important. Everyone pay attention. (laughs) When things are repeated twice, you got to pay attention. Um, I think that's true, Andrew. And I think this year, if anything, has highlighted the importance because I've had to redo um, my daily routine like 50 bazillion times as things have changed. And so um, with each time, it's become even more apparent how important that is. Like you take that away. Um, So if you don't have some time set aside in your day to be in the Word, to be in prayer, 
figure that out, work on that. I promise it will be useful. It will be helpful. Um, and it will be helpful in these desert periods, right? Like it's not just when you're feeling great. I think that's a good, that's a good caveat. Um, Abigail is so routines are not, they're not never changing. In fact, I'm pretty much almost nonstop, uh, tweaking my routines. I'm always trying something new, something different especially if it does begin to, to get stale, but I don't throw out the routine itself. I, I might uh, try to, to tweak some part of it, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's where I'm praying, what time of day that I'm reading the scriptures, how I'm reading the scriptures, how I'm praying. There, there's lots of ways that you can tinker with your routine um, to, uh, to try to get better results. But to have the routine, I think, is, mm-hmm. is really helpful. Yeah. And maybe that's even a tool in itself is um, if you're feeling in a dry season, then take some time to just pray about it and ask the Lord for some inspiration um, for how to change it up. Uh, So, I mean, sometimes that really can be the difference of just shifting something around that's kind of blocking you in some way. Um, I have found in the past that I've had several desert seasons because of my delightful offspring. And so I've had to adjust... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to adjust, not to name names or drop like, <laughs> like point fingers, but <laughs> you've narrowed it down to three but, people. <laughs> I know, just like three little people. Um, but that's a circumstantial situation that I can see like, oh, this is really dry because I'm having to rush or I'm having like constant interruptions or, you know, so those can be practical things too. So it can be practically solved sometimes, but in talking about maybe seasons that we've done everything we can, now what? Um, I think my, probably one of the things I use the most is I start becoming really retrospective. So um, if I'm feeling really dry, then I will start looking back at times when the Lord has been really kind to me and spoken to me very clearly. Um, I journal, so that's easy to find uh, for me. But if I go back, I can see certain promises from scripture that the Lord has given me um, that stood out. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like claiming that promise. And I'll write that down and it just feels fresh and new. Well, then those desert seasons come and you're just like, Oh, you just feel bogged down. And it can be helpful to look back over that. And even if it doesn't ring the same like delight and joy and like freshness that it did at that time, you can at least pray it to the Lord and ask him, Hey, what about that promise? And remind him of it. I mean, the scripture says that, you know, in our prayers, we're supposed to be persistent and we're supposed to keep knocking and keep asking. And I think that definitely can fit into a desert season. So if you're feeling like you're not getting the answers you want, you're not hearing from God, just keep knocking on the door and use those um, those promises as ammunition <laughs> of just like throwing those back in, in God's face. That sounds really like volatile. <laughs> you guys know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I promise it's not that yeah, awful. Yeah, that's a good point. You can take it. He's good. But that's true. But, you know, anyway, <laughs> that did sound really rough. <laughs> okay, somebody else go. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I uh, I think just to add on to what you guys are saying, uh, thinking back on the book of Job, Andrew, this was kind of a fresh thought for me because uh, I was thinking about Luke four thirteen before we started. But uh, thinking back on the book of Job, he never 
talked about the enemy at all, you know. And uh, some of us, I know, we take it way too far. And it's like, oh, man, it's the devil. It must be the devil. You know, it must be some. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's a lot of times we can chalk it up to spiritual warfare when it's like, all right, sometimes you dug that hole. But sometimes there is. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it really is the enemy. So, um, yeah, I think of Job and how he never... Never mentioned it. You know, he, he questioned God. He questioned his friends. He questioned the day he was born, but he never talked about uh, that old serpent. So, uh, yeah, Luke 4.13 talks about how when the devil had finished all of his temptation, he left Jesus for an opportune time. So he was circling back and uh, he's going to circle back in our life, you know, so just be ready. So after you come out of that desert, after you uh, experience the spiritual high, just know that, you know, He's always waiting for an opportune time. So I think that's uh, important to note for sure. Yeah. Very cheerful. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> it's cheerful, right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, I guess a similar, a similar note is, I think sometimes the Lord is developing endurance and perseverance in our lives. And it's, it's something that you were just saying, like Heath reminded me of the end of John 6, where, where Jesus, many of his disciples withdrew and were not, following him anymore jesus turns to the 12 and he says do you also want to go away and you know peter speaks up and he basically says well where else can we go um you have words of eternal life so i don't know how motivated or inspired peter felt in that moment at the end of john 6 you kind of get the impression that he didn't really understand it any better than the thousands of disciples who had just quit on jesus but he had this bedrock commitment and he was going to stick it out mm. um, and hope that it became more clear or that Jesus would give him these words of, of life that that uh, gave him the insight that he needed. And I think that's true for us sometimes, too, that sometimes you're going through this desert and the point is to go through the desert. Yeah. Um, you know, will you continue to stay close to Jesus? Because that's what yeah. Peter committed himself to, that we're not going away. Right? We don't understand this any better than the rest, but we're sticking with you, Jesus. And so... I don't know how encouraging that is to people, but like if you're in the middle of, of a desert season, keep going. You know, it's yeah. not it's not going to last forever. Um, and so hang in there. Embrace it. Feel the burn. Feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, yeah, those are super. Thanks for those um, pseudo encouraging words <laughs> from both of you. I think it's really just piled on there. <laughs> but um, I'm going to say that yes, that you will go through them, but then you'll also go through highs as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna use that as my one of my other tips. So um, something that the church that I grew up in always did at the end of the year was they would have an Ebenezer sermon. So the there's a passage in, I think it's in Second Chronicles. Um, I think, look that up. Anyway, yeah. um, the... I, the passages, they set this stone and they call it the Ebenezer stone, which means the Lord has helped us thus far. And, um, that's a good thing to do kind of set your own stone. Mm -hmm. And so even though you may not be feeling great in the current season, you can look back and set your stone and say, the Lord has helped me thus far. So like maybe today I don't feel it, but looking back, I can really see what the Lord has done. And that can just be a really encouraging thing as well. So even when we're in the midst of yuckiness and dryness, we can look back and say, the Lord has helped me thus far. Mm -hmm. You know, we can praise him for that. And sometimes that can kind of 
be the nourishment that we need to get us through the season. I'm not saying it's going to like end the season for you, but it can be like a little glass of water for like the next mile of your desert. (laughs) Yeah, that is. Okay. So we have a little more time. We have a little more time. So maybe one more good, good tip for those listening. Something Keith touched on earlier. Um, I guess I'll, I'll just reiterate, which is the idea of, of having friends or having a group of people that are motivated. Part of why it's important to, to have those close relationships uh, with others who are truly wanting to follow Jesus and truly wanting to serve and represent him to others is the chance that all of you are going to be going through a desert season at the same moment is, is pretty low. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got those friendships and you're committed to them, Uh, You know, we really feed off of each other and enthusiasm is contagious. And so maybe you're not particularly motivated or maybe you're going through a dry season. But um, to continue to be around others who can encourage you is critical. And sometimes when when I'm feeling discouraged or demotivated, I'll actually withdraw from those kinds of relationships. So you Mm -hmm. almost have a choice like you could. You could choose to put yourself around others who are not struggling in that moment, mm. um, which you should do because that's there's a good chance that's going to rub off on you. Um, or you can basically give in to that demotivated spirit that you have and you can actually withdraw from others. And a verse that Keith and I often remind each other of is out of Proverbs chapter 18. You remember this one? Whoever isolates himself, seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Yeah. So, you know, when we isolate ourselves, we're breaking out against sound judgment. You know, sound judgment is don't isolate yourself. And um, God designed us to be social creatures and there is there's strength in numbers. So there's a verse in Ecclesiastes four verses nine through twelve that says that two are better than one um, for they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one can lift up his companion. Uh, furthermore, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And um, if one can be overpowered, two can resist. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. But I, I really especially like that that phrase of um, two can keep warm together. So this idea of staying inspired and keeping keeping the fire going. I once heard a guy sharing about this and he talked about you know, coals in a fire and how if you take one coal and you put it outside of the fire ring um, and you come back 20 minutes later, what are the what are the coals in the fire pit look like versus the coal that's been separated out? You know, the coals that are in the fire ring are still warm. They're still glowing. Um, the good thing is if you put that ember back in the one that's that's become cold and and dry, it, it'll reignite. Mm. And so um you know, it's a very simple tip, but find people who are uh, hot for Jesus mm. and uh, get yourself around them. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think for me, uh, I'm going to break the sacred rule. I'm going to quote a quote that's not in the Bible, but a lot of people say it and they think it's in the Bible, but it's not in the Bible. But it's a great quote, and it says, this too shall pass, you know, so it sounds lovely, and I I think there's some truth to it. It's, uh, you don't go through those seasons forever, so I would just say keep perspective, but note to everybody that it's not in the Bible, so if you're quoting that and saying that's your favorite Bible verse, (laughs) you you gotta spend some more time with God. (laughs) But, um, 
Yeah, just keep perspective. Just know that it won't last. And then um, I, I will quote the Bible here, Romans 8, 18. It says, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So uh, whatever suffering or whatever heartache uh, you're going through, uh, you're going to come out on the other end uh, better, especially if you walk through it with God. You know, like God has something for you that's even better than the suffering you went through, you know. So it, it's going to feel like it's going to last forever. That you're not going to be able to get out of it. But like I said, if you take some of the tips that uh, Abby and Andrew have, have mentioned and, and you walk through it, uh, you're going to come out better and with perspective that you never had. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It will pass. And remember that the Lord has numbered all of our days. He knows all of our times and seasons, and he really does know when this will end too. Mm -hmm. And he's marked that day as well. We have a very large, um, a frame in our house that has little squares and they're all little pictures and it's one for every day of a particular season in my life where I was in Houston, Texas, away from our family, trying to keep the babies inside of me. And uh, each one of those pictures, I just haphazardly made this grid. I didn't like get, I just kind of guessed and made like a, you know, big poster. And then I started putting those pictures in and I thought, surely at some point we'll be leaving and I'll just kind of like make some art at the bottom to fill in the rest of the squares. But actually, in reality, it worked out that God had the very first picture be of my son on the airplane going to Houston. And the very last picture was us leaving Houston on an airplane. Mm. I didn't get to fill in any. <laughs> I didn't get to do any like shortcuts. I didn't get to cut off mm. at some point and fill in with some some extra pictures or you know, fill in. No, it was exactly the number of days. And we keep it up there and I see it every single day. It's a reminder to me that yes, hard seasons happen. And that whole, all those pictures represent a particular hard season in, in our lives. But it also ended and it ended on exactly the day, not one more, one, not one less that God wanted it to. And so that's also how our desert seasons are as well. So just remember that this will pass, just like you said, Keith. So um, we hope that these tips and um, just helpful tools that we've given you are helpful and just a good reminder, stay in the word, stay connected with people, be reminded that the Lord is kind and good and he has been and he will be again. So um, we hope this has been encouraging to you um, and we'll be back next week. Thanks guys, it was a good uplifting combo. <laughs> See you next time. Yeah, <laughs> Bye guys. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.